1: Shop Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roll, and joining me for the first time in a while. Actually, it's entirely my fault that he's not been here for a while. But it's nice to have you back, my friend. Uh, joining me is Eric Cole. What's up, man?
2: Hey, man. I was here. I was here for episode 100.
1: I mean, it's only what? That's like a month, what, man. It's a long time. You know,
2: I, I mean, I guess for me, it's kind of a long time. But yeah, you know, I mean, there's we've we've had a lot going on, and you know, you had Ben, and then Scott. I mean, you know, you're, you've got you've had some people. You had things going on. I'm 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 just here when you need me. And I'm happy to be here now.
1: <laughs> uh, you're you're actually my boss now, which we could talk about. we will probably not talk about, but that's what happens.
2: I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> really sure what what changes. I mean, like you know, you, you 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 do good stuff. I'll 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 try to do good stuff, and you know, you know, when you need me, I come, I pop in. I mean, I don't think I'm not going to get like a a whip or anything. Be like you should,
1: you should, know, you should I, have a whip. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Or do, do only the uh, minor league guys experience your whip more than anything, I feel like?
2: I, very rarely. Every once in a while. <laughs> when, when it's prospectless time, I'm a lot more I'm like, okay, this needs to get done now. But beyond that, you know, I mean, the, all be all the guys are really, like, self-motivated. I don't really have to do much, to be honest with you. Yeah, but it's, it's you know. the best
1: thing about our site is that people <laughs> want to do stuff, which is good.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, I did I did ask for, like, one of those, like, uh, those little, like sheriff gold stars for, like, a deputy thing. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. But, uh, uh, still in negotiations for that, but you know, other than that, I mean it doesn't. It really doesn't really change much from the day-to-day stuff. I just have a different title these days.
1: Absolutely, uh, and uh, we can we can actually talk some brave stuff. Obviously, that's what we're going to be here to do. And uh, amusingly, I wanted to start with the Ronald Acuna Hatgate because um, yes, this all hit after I did the podcast last week with Ben. So uh, it's all new, even though it's not new to anybody else anymore. I addressed it in audio form. Obviously, lots changed. There was the initial report that was out there that spurred a lot of uh, interesting reaction. And then there's been some walking back um, on the brave side. It's like sort of damper it down and say it wasn't a big deal, all this fun stuff. Where are you at with Ronald Acuna Hatgate? And by the way, I hate using the word, I hate hate using the gate uh, thing because it's not actually what it should be. Watergate was a hotel uh, or a conference. (laughs) I still still think it's hilarious. uh, Yeah. Uh, Just go. I mean, I'm I'm just going to tee you up and say go.
2: Okay, so the initial reactions I sort of understood because this started from a Mark Bowman article, which for about two paragraphs made it sound like the Braves had sat Ronald Acuna down and were like, the way you act and dress is not the Braves' way, and you need to alter your behavior and alter the way you dress. And that's just not what happened. And like, it just kind of, once I had like kind of that initial reaction of like, really? Is this what we're talking about? I'm like, I don't think this is any different from what any rookie or any baseball player for the braves or a lot of teams you know have like have to put up with in terms of like dress code things and things like that it didn't make much sense that he was being targeted for it but i think a lot of people took it that way and i could see from a reading of it why they thought that like you know like this is something that the braves are actually devoting time and effort and attention to now do i think the policy of you know make sure that you're wearing your hat in a certain way and you're where you're Uniform a certain way? Are those things silly? Yes, I do think those things are silly, but I don't really care all that much either. If they're like, hey, can, you know, until you establish yourself and you're in the majors, please, you know, just wear your uniform this way for whatever reason, whether it be because they're, you know, photographers are taking certain types of pictures for baseball cards or whatever. They 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 want, they want the Braves to look a certain way, or that's just what they want to do. I I don't. I think it's kind of dumb, but I also don't really care all that much. Unless like they're specifically targeting players, if they're saying everybody please do this, I mean that's not dissimilar from what the Yankees do. It's what the Reds have done in the past. I actually talked to DB about this earlier today, and you know like the DB, I mean with the Reds and the Marlins and the Yankees, these are all things that have existed for a long time. And if these are team policies for all their players, yes, I think they're silly, but at the same time, I don't think it's something that. I cared too much about if it's if, if that's what it is. Now if they're targeting Ronald Acuna and reading like, hey, listen, you're being too flamboyant out there, and we don't want you wearing your hat that way, and this is what, then I have more problems with that. But I also don't think the Braves are going to care all that much at all if Acuna is on the major league roster and he's you know doing what he can do and what we hope he will do. I don't care. I don't think they're going to care. He's wearing you know a gold chain that has the the top button unbuttoned and is wearing his hat slightly crooked. I think that they're going to care that so they have more wins than the. More wins in the column than they had before, so I guess the short answer to the question is, I I understand if the worst case scenario of what everyone was talking about is true, then I don't really like that, but I just don't think it is, and it's it's I've heard Grant you know Macaulay say this and other people say it. I think it's just kind of a non story that kind of got people really amped up for no reason, but at the same time I do think that the is kind of silly. Yeah,
1: I I was. One of the people that was worked up when I first saw it, and I, I will say just like just like you did the uh, the original um, piece, and I, I, this is not a shot at Mark Bowman, who I, I who I enjoy greatly, but uh, I think it was a little bit stronger than it. I guess it's proven to be. Uh, I will say that I'm not around them. i am not been in spring, so I think there's a little bit of backpedaling happening from the Braves, just a little from where I'm standing. But I understand that they they don't they do not want it out there that they are you know. Targeting their number one prospect and and, and the way he wears his hat, I don't think that's not something that makes the organization look great. And uh, the young, the younger crowd, um, which I think you and I are still included in, uh, at least barely. Um, I did mean, not love that.
2: I, I'm so, young at I'm young at heart.
1: Yeah, um, I feel like that's the important thing. I mean, I, I'm in my 30s, but I'm in my I'm still a millennial technically, so I guess I count as the younger crowd. Um, but regardless, I I don't think it's great. I don't think the policy is really a thing that should be happening. But I mean, for years. The Yankees have gotten away with making guys shave and do their hair in certain ways and stuff. They've gotten away with that with, with very little blowback. I think if the Braves uh, hadn't just gone through the massive scale they went through uh, and the quote Braves way hadn't imploded on itself, they probably would have gotten a little bit less reaction. That's re- how I, re-
2: I really hate that phrase. Oh, I know. I, I, really, that, and I really do.
1: But and I think part of it is that because, and I agree with you, I hate that way as well. I hate that phrase as well. Um, I think this hitting just a few months after that makes them look even sillier um, in a lot of ways. And that's that's probably nitpicking, and that's what we do on this podcast is nitpick because it's a, an entire podcast about one professional baseball team. But Exactly. Sure. Yeah, I, I think it's silly, and it's it was not a great look, I will say. Even if it was not as severe as the original reporting and the original reactions were – uh, it's just not something you need to be dealing oh, with. Oh,
2: so the takes were hot. They were. Sure. <laughs> they were really mad people. And, I mean, like I said, if it, if it and the article did make it kind of sound like they, they had literally sat Acuna down. Well, like, that was where I kid. was. I
1: mean, my reaction was because of the original article, and that was before all the clarifications, and I was reacting to the original article. And if it had been that, if they had really just sat him down individually and done this, I would have been, I mean, mad is the wrong word, but that would have bothered me quite a bit. Um, in the aftermath, I'm less bothered now, having read everything else that's been out there and hearing, hearing more of the quotes. You know, again, some of that's probably spin, but it doesn't seem like that they actually just sat Ronald Acuna down and said you alone will be the, top, the, the, the target of this policy or anything like that. So it's not quite as hard as that, and as a result, I've uh, softened a little, a little bit on my reaction.
2: Yeah, uh, Braves Twitter and Braves social media in general has just kind of been – they, they have like a real quick trigger right now. Uh, the, the the revenue story, uh, which I guess we're going to be talking about next, is, oh, yeah. was another one that like everyone got mad about. I'm like, I don't know if you fully understand kind of what that article was about me because there's a lot of like financial stuff in it. And it's like – it's not just like the revenue but everyone got really mad, like that they hadn't increased their payroll. They weren't able to sign like U Darvish and Jerry Arrieta this offseason.
1: Well, here's the thing about that. Let's talk about it now. Um, yeah, there was the the original piece that basically um, I believe used the word astounding um, when it came to a revenue it, increase. It, it did say that, yeah. Uh, that Liberty Media enjoyed, and of course they spent they're spending less money right now than they were last year on players. Uh, so the again, it's, this is this is more of an optics thing than anything else. I agree with you. It's certainly more nuanced to what's taking place and frankly you know them spending a ton of money this year didn't make a whole lot of sense i've been saying that for two years that this was not going to be something that you know a 2018 was not necessarily going to be a massive spending spree um with that said it's just the optics of it all um not not investing in a couple of different ways that they probably could have invested uh all that stuff i think it's it's certainly more of this was even more silly i think actually um I do and I made the joke. I mean, I got I got the joke off um, immediately when I saw that about, you know, how they, you know, the payroll and kind of looking at the payroll and seeing how it wasn't significant. Uh, that was always going to happen, frankly, when they got the new ballpark, they were going to make more money. That's what happens when you get a new ballpark. Um, if
2: they didn't, that would be a reason to be upset. Yeah, and, and the concerned. Thing,
1: the, the thing about it is like they don't have to spend, I mean, if, if, I'll say this, if they if they had the same payroll in 2019, People can get it. people. We, people can and will be upset, including yes. You. If, they okay. bo- if they run this, if they run the same, this same payroll out, I'm going to be not pleased, and a lot of people will not be pleased as well. But for 2018, there was only so much they. I mean, honestly, if they spent 21 million dollars, they weren't going to be a contender. So, like, what are we doing here?
2: Well, see, my like, I, I agree with I agree with that general sentiment, right? But the first thing is, is that what the revenues were up like 143 million dollars. I think is what the, end up, the, the number ended up being, something like that. But their their debts and the like operating expenses went up a bunch too because there's the battery to operate, and there's also like a brand new ballpark that they're having to, like pay down, you know, pay down debt on and things like that. Just because that's what happens when you build a big giant facility. There's just more operating expenses and money. You have you have to make these payments. You have to, you know, you have to pay down debt, you can't just be like, okay, we're just going to pocket all this money and then you know, this debt that, that is required to – you have to take on to build this mixed-use facility. You can't just not do anything about that and that can't be in your financials. If there was The biggest problem that could have happened is if like a financial statement came out that revenues did not go up as much as expected and there was still going to be these operating expenses and debt that we knew about ahead of time because that signals a long-term problem in terms of how much revenue is coming in. What you want as a Braves fan is there for the revenue there now so that way when this debt is paid down and they kind of you know, fine-tune the operating expenses and they kind of figure out exactly – things like – simple things like staffing and things like that. You, you want them to kind of like no, – that, that to normalize where it's not quite as expensive to run the facility. It's not quite as expensive to pay down the debt and they're getting that paid off quickly. Then that revenue is more easily reinvested into things like payroll. I would have been much more upset for like we really didn't make as much money as we were were thinking we were going to make from this new mixed-use facility and would you know increase ticket sales etc etc we got the good part the other part was a known commodity but everyone got really upset because like they just forgot that you know this debt part existed um the other problem i have is i don't really like this free agent class i mean mike mustakis I you know he's fine you know i'm sure a lot of people want the braves to sign him but i mean there's it's not like the Braves are the only ones standing pat this offseason. I don't know if you're aware, but there's basically like a pretty good baseball team that could be fielded right now of free agents that are just having to practice by themselves down in Florida because there's, they're not signed yet. It's there's there's And there's a lot of reasons why I'm sure that's been – we've we've touched on that and other people have touched on that as to why these free agents aren't getting signed and there's a lot of weird things happening in terms of the free agent market now. I'm just not that thrilled about it. I mean I, the the best players were probably Hugh Darvish and – Jake Arietta and both those guys are going to be kind of on the wrong side of 30 and are looking for big contracts. There's J- the JD Martinez deal where he got a bunch of money from Boston and he kind of has his own warts too in a lot of ways. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of Scott Boris clients, which kind of complicates everything altogether. This isn't a free agent class I was super interested in anyway. I mean, the, the one guy that people kind of really wanted was Mike Moustakis or to a lesser extent, Todd Frazier. And I'm not sure that the Braves didn't make a better offer to Frazier but unfortunately, he wanted to stay around New York City because that's where he lives. That's where his family's from. That's where he wants to stay. And what I think it was very likely that he was just going to stay there regardless of how much money the Braves were going to offer him or any other team for that matter. So I don't think this is a case of the Braves and just not wanting to spend. I think that they decided that the best thing they could do is to get Matt Kemp's money off the payroll, off their payroll, take on this, this 2018 money with Brendan McCarthy and Sean Casimir – And the the Adrian Gonzalez deal, just to put that money on their payroll, and that way the next free agent class, which is miles better. As for as of now, I don't mean there's extensions could still be signed, I guess. But once that happens, if they're not players in that market where there's a ton of good players, they have a bunch of free money and they still don't spend it. Feel free to be upset because that, that that is the stated reason as to why that they made the moves that they did. But as of now i mean i wasn't super interested in participating in this free agent market anyway and that seemed to be a general consensus that yeah this market isn't great not sure why you'd want to deal with it anyway but as the offseason went on people became more and more impatient and you're kind of seeing a lot of that now and i'm just i don't know i'm i'm, I'm perfectly fine with the state of the, pay, the payroll and what they're what they're doing right now but you know when the tw- the next offseason comes around and that they're still being quiet not doing much with trades or free agents then my opinion will change drastically
1: yeah, that's what happens. I mean, people get impatient. And that, that was always, we, I think we talked about it probably in like October, November, like, just wait till March and everybody will be furious. They didn't spend money and they didn't spend any money. Uh, granted, I would. I, I thought that they would probably sign someone. <laughs> and then they didn't do that, which makes it, I, I think, more understandable that the fan base got a little bit in, uh, antsy. But the fact they didn't sign a single major league free agent is interesting in a lot of ways. Um,
2: well, yeah, but I mean, how many how many teams in Major League Baseball have signed a Major League Oh, I'm Major with League you. League that, I mean, I mean there's like, like no one. I mean, like the Twins <laughs> and yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm
1: okay. I, as you said, I'm with you. I, I think it's totally fine to not uh, want to invest a lot of money in Mike Moustakis or somebody of that ilk. Like, it's totally fine. Maybe the market's not there. and. I, I get it. Um, you don't want to overpay. I would be. I, I'm. I'd be much more upset if they if they signed a bad long term contract right now than it, than I am that they didn't do anything. Hard so, agree. Hard yeah, agree. We can get off that. I just wanted to at least bring it up because uh, people were upset and mad online, and here we are. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's get into some actual stuff uh, quickly. If we want to run through this, I'm not sure if you even have a take on it or not. But MLB Pipeline released their uh, farm rankings this week. The Brazier number two on the list which to my untrained eye seems fine but maybe you have a hot take and i don't realize it
2: i, I, I think it's fine i mean i, I do think that the braves aren't the number one farm system uh, just because i i'm more comfortable in the top end talent that the braves have versus a lot of the, the talent that the padres have is is pretty far away but fernando tatis jr and mackenzie gore are both really really good uh you're talking those are two guys who are potential like number one prospect candidates soon so i mean they 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 have arguably as much depth as the braves have they have a ton of pitching depth they have some really good position prospects too that if those are the two teams that whoever you have one or two i'm completely fine with uh i would have had more problems if they had put the white Sox in like at number one or something like that just because they have like two top 10 guys but maybe nothing else after that uh or at least not not much that i'm particularly excited about but that it's those both are very very good farm systems uh, it's also worth noting that the Braves are number one in most other rankings, and I think that if you ask those other publications, they would probably say, "Yeah, those are." I mean, you're, you're that's the tier. It's the Braves and the Padres, and probably after that, it's the, like the White Sox and the Yankees and a few other systems. But overall, I'm 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 fine with the list. I don't think I don't think there was a big a huge difference between the two, and it just comes down to how much you believe in those younger guys. If you really think that Mackenzie Gore and Fernando Tatis and some of those guys further down their list. Are going to be really good, then I I, I can respect that evaluation. I'm, I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having the second best farm system in baseball. Nothing.
1: I think you uh, just nailed all, everything that I would say. I think you know getting mad about number being number two is uh, rather silly. So we'll just we'll just leave it there. Uh, one quickly before we get into the bullpen stuff, that I want to talk about the uh, the bullpen sort of on an in-depth basis on this week's show. But uh, Luis Johara, a little bit of an update. He is uh, scheduled apparently to throw some live batting practice uh, starting on Monday, and then he could be clear for a start. Uh, all indications are he will not be in the rotation on opening day, but the Rays don't need a uh, fifth starter until like April 12th or something like that. I think. Yeah, that's so, the date I heard too. Yeah, that's the date I heard too. plenty of time if he needs to uh, do that. Is anything trouble you about that? I think, you know, I said on last week show with Ben Deronio that, you know, none of this doesn't really bother me. It's just one of those things where as long as he's okay in the near future – I'm not at all worried because, you know, if anything, I'm sure they, they probably didn't want to have him in the rotation from opening day till the very end because just, if, if nothing else. You're talking about innings for a young guy, and yep. if you don't need a fifth starter, then it doesn't really matter.
2: Yeah, I think they're probably going to try to limit his innings anyway. Um, and, you know, it, you don't want a, a, a injury in spring to linger forever just because you want him there in that first, that first pass through the rotation or something like that. That's silly. You know, he's a really talented pitcher, Taking it easy, and this is a guy that's like not—I wouldn't necessarily call like the pillar of athleticism. Um, So you kind of want to just kind of make sure that he's good to go and has plenty of time. He's a finely
1: tuned machine, Eric. Come on. Uh,
2: Well, I mean, (laughs) I guess we could talk about you know what kind of machine. He's a pitching machine. He 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 throws really hard, and his slider is awesome. But I mean, I'm 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 not sure if I'd like you know put him as the most athletic player on the Braves. But I I certainly want him pitching for us, and I want him to have be completely right doing it. Uh, and you know, things like groin like groin injuries, back injuries, hamstrings, and stuff like that, let those heal because we've seen injuries in spring like linger until like midsummer just because they want to get them back on the mound. I'm perfectly fine with them going slow with going slow with Gohara and just making sure that he's he's good to go uh, and and healthy. there's there's no reason to rush. you know his first, his the first his first start's probably gonna be a pretty short one. just again, just just take your time. It's spring. The, the goal is to get them ready for whenever ready for whenever whenever they can be ready and since there's no real rush on it given the state of the off days early on in the season then just take your time i'm I'm fine with it and i i I feel reasonably confident that he'll he'll be healthy because it's not it's not something like a shoulder or an elbow uh, you know it's, it's a groin injury and those those things happen because they're athletes and they're out there you know <laughs> you know doing a lot with their bodies and the you know the hot Florida sun. Those, those things happen. So yeah, I'm not 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 worried
1: either. It's just, uh, an update that's out there because he was, but he's really the only uh, lingering injury that's really been discussed a whole lot. And obviously, you know, he's he's a, he's a he's a top tier prospect. So every reason to be, uh, closely monitoring him, but, uh, no real reason for concern just yet that we can see. Um, I guess let's move on to the bullpen. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going be, we're going to be previewing one part of the team uh, on an in-depth basis uh, on every show, and we're going to start off with the bullpen here. Uh, sort of fittingly, there was the first uh, major roster uh, roster cut, I should say, uh, actually happened on Sunday. The Braves option, Jason Hirsch and Akil Morris, to Triple A Gwinnett, and they and they also sent Kyle Wright to minor league camp, which is not a big surprise at all with Wright because he's so young. But Hersh uh, and Morris uh, bat away, I think you know Morris is probably the headliner there. But uh, we can start with that just as a news item. Does that surprise you at all? I guess it's, it seems fairly early, especially with Morris not being there. But maybe I'm crazy.
2: The, the Braves just do not seem to like him very much, and I'm I, everybody I'm else does of, except for them. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm kind of mean, and I don't have any unique insight here i really like akil's change up i think that he's an interesting sort of change of change of pace sort of reliever to have come out and his track record in the minors is good uh, I'm not surprised at all that Jason Hurst got got option because yes. he's been getting he's been getting shelled for three years now. Yeah. He's um. Not, he's not uh, <laughs> not. Uh, uh. And Kyle Wright getting assigned to minor league camp. You know, this was like his first invitation to, to big league camp, and he wasn't ever going to make the major league roster. They might have things they want him to work on the backfields, or they might want to kind of get him slid into a certain type of program or something like that. So again, it's not surprising that he gets more. I was pretty surprised that Morris got got the quick hook, but you know, that that isn't real that that is kind of the trend of what's been happening with him you just keep thinking like, eventually they're going to bring him up and he could be an interesting bullpen piece and they just like even when they brought him up they haven't used him very much and i don't know I, it's it's kind of hard to understand but it's been consistent enough where maybe there's something we don't know or maybe there's you know either something about him or something about his stuff or or whatever that we're we're not seeing and the braves feel strongly about that they're not like willing to pull the trigger and really kind of give him a real push for a bullpen spot but you know it, it it kind of it's kind of one of those it is what it is type things uh, right now uh, I don't I don't I, I I personally would have given him a longer look just because the bullpen was so bad last year and he's an interesting arm that could that has some upside but you know again this is this is this is in line with kind of how they used him and treated him last year or two so yeah yep. I, I mean but again the Hirsch thing I don't I mean, he had like two outings in spring, and they were both really bad. And he's he's really just, you know, for a guy who can, you know, was a, a polished college pitcher with relatively decent stuff, despite the the history with Tommy John or whatever. He's he's very hittable, and he got hit. You know, he yeah, that's- <laughs> he, he, he both got uh, he both got unlucky, and was also. Very very <laughs> hittable, yeah. So those are those are that is a very poor combination. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, for... I don't, I don't, I don't envision him getting much look, many more looks. So
1: no, I think the leash is quite short there. Uh, as for Morris, I was surprised by the timing. I think you know, it's not like he was a lock for the bullpen this and the and on opening day, but uh, having him not be around and already make that decision in you know in early March is a little bit jarring. You know, he was pretty interesting when he came up. It's a very small sample, but looked okay last year in Atlanta, and then in AAA was reasonably solid. He had, has some control issues that you would say, but you know, high strikeout arm and has talent. He's 25; is not, which isn't that crazy young. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really. I mean, I feel like as you kind of mentioned, everybody yeah. that likes the, everybody that watches this team and uh, has always been really intrigued by him, but apparently the Braves aren't. I don't know; it's weird.
2: Well, I mean, it's also worth knowing, I'm pretty sure both these guys have options. And, yes. And uh, there, there was something that came out that, you know, the Braves are going to kind of give looks to guys who don't necessarily have options more than guys who do, which that, that would be part of an explanation. I'm not sure, sure. if that's all of it in Morris's case.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not... Again, this is not something to get super upset about. I, I think we'll probably see Akeel North at some point this year, uh, as, long, as long as he's good in Gwinnett. But I just was a little bit stunned by the earliness of that. In fact, like I think I would have projected him to be in the bullpen if I had to. Like If we did this podcast two days ago, I think I might have actually said maybe he's the last guy they keep. Um, apparently, that was not close to being true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, All right, let's just go through the bullpen here. We'll start with the uh, the easy uh, sort of lock guys. And that's Aronis Fiscaíno is going to open as the closer by all indications. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week with Ben. Um, but, I mean, no matter how you feel about any closer role existing, uh, Brian Sticker seems to want to use it in the traditional sense, we he always has since he's been the manager. So uh, let's talk about Arroyos a little bit. What do you expect from him this year? He's been really good most of the time when he's been healthy. There was injury stuff, and he's, you know, I think he's probably a, 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 probably a trade candidate this year, if I have to say something about him, other than the fact that he's pretty good at pitching when he's actually healthy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think think I think he is – pretty good to pretty good to really good is kind of the range he generally falls in uh, staying healthy is going to be the biggest thing they they, they they have really used him a lot when he is healthy so it's that's something to kind of monitor especially if it, if his usage is kind of going down you wonder if maybe he has some like lingering injury stuff he you know has had Tommy John he's but he, he's certainly missed time before but when he's been pitching I mean he's he's a very solid to good bullpen piece. using him, I mean, the the closer role, I mean, these days you just kind of want your best reliever late going against the best hitters and, you know, making it work. But I I tend to agree that he could be very easily be a train candidate. I know he's been kind of targeted in trades in the past, and with the Braves having A.J. Minter right there, assuming A.J.'s healthy and good to go, I mean, he's been really good this, I mean, A.J.'s been really good this spring, and Viz is a kind of a guy that could ultimately see himself as being replaceable, but maybe could actually garner a decent return, especially if the Braves start getting active on the trade market, which is possible once the the Braves get a good handle of what their assets are and what Anthopolis, who, they, who he wants to keep and who he doesn't, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that he's definitely a guy that could kind of be flipped for an asset. Uh, later on, and you know, you'd still have a guy like AJ Minter who could just slide right into that role.
1: Yeah, I've thought a few times in the past that, uh, that Cannon was a pretty easy trade candidate, and the, and the Braves never done it to this point. So we'll see if they actually do. I think he's pitching well this year, but I think uh, if anything, you know, he'll be. They're going to start paying him pretty soon, which you don't probably want to do necessarily with his history. Not that he's not, again, he's been good when he pitches, but uh, not always the most durable guy in the world. So, you know, we'll keep somebody to keep an eye on in the future. Obviously he's gonna be uh, around prominently to start the season. Uh you mentioned Minter. You know, people you know, with with and with, with good reason are really excited about AJ Minter. Do you think he's a future closer candidate? Again, closer in quotation marks, but the fact that he's left handed people will scare some people away, I think he's you know his stuff's obviously awesome, but by the end of this year, if if Viscaino wasn't there, do you think that's he's probably the logical candidate to keep to claim that role if they were to trade Viscaino?
2: If he's healthy, yeah, um, I really, really like Minter when when he's on the mound. He's fun to watch. He's really hard to he's really hard to to, to hit against. I mean, even as a lefty, I mean, I don't know what you do against that slider fastball combination, regardless right. of what. Well, yeah, I mean, if when he's on, I mean, it's not like his lefty righty splits or anything that's like particularly concerning. He just gets everyone out. He struck out a ton of batters when he in, in his first look at the major leagues, and I, I don't see them going, okay, well I know he's gonna throw, you know, this really good slider, so now I'm prepared for it. I mean, if it's a good slider, you just have to hope that he messes up because if it's really good and he's throwing, you know, mid to upper nineties with a fastball too, I mean, good luck. But the the thing is him staying healthy. He had health issues last year. He has he had Tommy John his last year in college. So it's you know, it's something to to monitor and keep an eye on that he is getting out there, and as his workload increases, that he's holding up. Now, if he's holding up after, you know, like by mid-season, and he's holding up, and he's, you know, keeps doing what he what he does, then the the idea of like trading trading Vizcaino makes more sense, and all that other stuff. But you know, I, I see him being able to slide into that role, assuming that he stays healthy. Uh, and I'm I'm I would say I'm reasonably confident that he will. But relievers are a very volatile commodity then you know we've seen good years, year or twos from relievers, and you know something happens just because that's just kind of the name of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean you can't be overly confident, especially from a health standpoint. I think what we've seen from Minter when he's healthy and pitching is very, very impressive. And of course, you know I think Ben mentioned this last week on the pod, but uh investing a second round pick in a guy who you knew was going to be a reliever uh, kind of tells you all you need to know about how much they think of him. Uh, obviously, it's a different regime now, but. The fact that you drafted a pure reliever in the second round is usually a good sign that you like that guy a lot as a reliever. Um, so, Mentor is going to be a stud if he's healthy, and we'll see if that happens. Do you think he's going to, like, be in a pure eighth inning role to start the season, or do you think he's going to sort of be in the mix with, with some other guys? So I think that's a, 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 almost, most, a, almost more interesting than anything else, because I think know is going to be the ninth inning guy in April, but is Mentor, like, a primary setup option right away if he's healthy? I don't know. It's kind of – I know it's a lot of guessing game right now, but –
2: well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that Peter Moylan's is going to be right there, too. Oh, the, 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 the organization likes I mean, him a lot. Are we,
1: what are we doing here in 2018 where Peter Moylan is right
2: okay, there? Look, okay. I understand the general sentiment, but it's not like the guy didn't have a good year
1: last year. Sure. Uh,
2: I mean, like, it's. It, I understand where you're coming from. I truly do, like... Third stint, going back to like the old standby, going back he's to Peter. 30, Moreland. He's thirty-nine years old. I, I understand, and I, I respect that point of view, but that doesn't mean that he was like, fine. yeah, he, right. yeah. You're he, right. he 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 like led the American League in appearances last year. Now, whether or not that's a wise thing to do with a guy who has multiple to, multiple Tommy John surgeries on under his belt is a was whether or not that was a wise idea is a completely different question, but. Ultimately, he held up and he pitched pretty well. I mean, he was he was he was he would have been the best reliever on the Braves team last year. Um, I, I'm pretty sure in terms of WAR, I'd have to. I'd have to not look not up, a but.
1: high bar to clear, but yes, I that, that, might, that might be yeah. true. he
2: he, I mean, if he and Minter have kind of like you know like kind of share setup duties, kind of depending on what's going on in the lineup and you know who's gotten rest and who hasn't, I'm I'm not gonna like riot. i um, I, is Moylan the most exciting option? No, but. I understand it because it's not like he wasn't good last last year. Is there risk with him? Absolutely, because he's he's missed significant time multiple times with elbow troubles, and you know with that with that you know the submariner relief or you know you know you know uh, with that with that delivery of his, it's kind of you're just kind of waiting for something bad to happen. But ultimately, he's you know he's been around for a long time, and he he he, he it's a Low risk sort of thing to try because ultimately he he has been a pretty steady presence even if he's kind of an unexciting one.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know him being in the bullpen is fine. I have no problem with that. I I will. I really hope Snit does not think he's going to be that he should be their like high leverage setup man. I would really not not, not like that very much. But it, it probably will happen because and
2: his splits are a very real thing. That's oh like,
1: yes, like no, he's a he's a specialist, um, yes. which is fine. And there's it's he, fine to a specialist, but. Yeah, you got to have um, some awareness, and my yeah, my fear gets into it's more about how he's used, frankly, which has less to do with him and more to do with the manager, which I don't want to go down that path today. But um, yeah, Moreland's fine, I, I guess. To that end, we should talk about who the other guys that are locks are, because you know it feels like Moreland's going to be in the bullpen with you know he has a major league contract. It's not guaranteed, but you know barring injury, I think he's going to be around. So that's three. Who else do you see as locks to be in the bullpen? Because there's there's really a lot of uncertainty at the moment.
2: Yeah. Um, so I really, I've really liked what I've seen from yellow Gomez. He's, he's looked really good. He gave up a solo homer that was kind of like a rope that just kind of barely got in the foul pole. But other than that, I mean, he's been striking out guys. He's been putting up really good results and selecting him in the rule five draft. I think that the Braves had an eye on him and they really wanted to give him a shot. So I think he's a lock or at least he's played, he's played his way to where I would consider him to be one. Uh, I think Dan Winkler, uh, he'll be he end up being uh, in the in the bullpen as well. Beyond that, I don't know if anyone's really a lock though, just because there's so many like very options. What comes down to is what happens with the what happens with like the last two slots with the rotation is yeah. the kind of who goes where. Because I mean, you could see like a Max Freed or a Lucas Sims or a Matt Whistler kind of slide into the bullpen. Don't, don't
1: forget the- about Aaron Blair now. Come on now. Oh, oh, or Aaron
2: Blair. I'm not sure if Aaron Blair really has kind of that stuff that plays up in the bullpen. But, I mean, Blair's looked good this spring. Yeah, has so. pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he's still not striking out guys, but he's not walking guys either. Which and is they've always of-
1: talked about the fact that, you know, he's been in that group along with Whistler of guys that they are at least going to consider putting in the bullpen. Like, they're not going to just blindly send them to Gwinnett.
2: Yeah, I mean, he'd be. I, I don't think he'd be unreasonable as like a long relief option or anything like that. And you have he, to have
1: one. I, you would imagine. I think they're going to keep one guy that has long relief capability.
2: Yeah, and and unfortunately, they have a ton of those. I mean, they have a ton of pitching, starting pitching prospects that they yeah. could slide slide into that to get to give them some time while they kind of figure out who what they have and all that stuff. And that's going to happen, but I don't know what how that that the rotation is going to shake out. So it's kind of hard to kind of get a sense as to what that that decision will be. And what they, what they need in terms of, you know, lefties and righties and, you know, who has options and, you know, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that decision. But ultimately, like, that's, I think we're kind of in the general ideas to kind of what the bullpen's going to look like. And those last few slots are just going to be kind of filling them in as needed and kind of as a result of some other decisions.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got you got Lindgren battling elbow stuff right now. You yeah, got,
2: yeah, he, he got shut back down again, and you know there's the guys that the Braves brought in Josh Raven, who was not good whenever <laughs> like his last outing out. Again, I think.
1: What about uh, what about what about what about Sam Freeman?
2: I, he's probably a lock. I think I, so too. I, I, yeah, I, he he was surprisingly good last year. Uh, there were times when he really really wasn't, but overall he was. He was a perfectly serviceable reliever and I would that that's probably another guy that's locked I'd forgotten about him.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh yeah, I just wanna make sure I was not crazy. I, I think I probably have him as the biggest lock outside of uh obviously this guy you know in Minter if they're healthy Morland. And I think I think I probably have Freeman as the next guy who I would be surprised if is not there. Um but you know, and yeah, you miss you know, Raven's been there's been some issues. Jesse Biddle has been a thing, uh, Whitley's been around a little bit. I mean there's uh, there's a bunch I, 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 of names.
2: I will say about Jesse Biddle, his teammates and those in the organization really do like him a lot. He's actually had to battle through a lot to get a uh, shot at the majors. And when he's been in the minors, he like if you're results-oriented at all, he really does a lot of good work uh, – I wouldn't be surprised if he got a longer, better look than maybe we would think. Uh, I do not think uh, Adam McCreary, who was added to the 40 band roster, I'd, he didn't have a he didn't have a good outing today, and I don't think he's necessarily going to be in the picture unless he really puts up some good results this year in the minors. But I don't see him making the club on opening day.
1: Yeah, I agree. So uh, I mean, I know it's it's tough to really sort of pin this down it's, it's, in terms of like an opening day projection, especially in early March. But you know, one of the least we're not some of the candidates to talk about it a little bit more because I think the bullpen is certainly the least sexy thing to discuss this time of year. And that is doubly true with the Braves, who don't have a ton of established names. I think if you pulled a casual or even a, even a, a better-than-casual Braves fan, they could probably name you two relievers right now, and it's probably Minter and Biscaino and that might be it. And, I, I mean, and Moyland, I suppose, because Moyland's a bigger name because he's been around forever. But pre-Moyland, I think you would have gotten two, and now you might get three out of most people. And uh, the rest of these guys... All due respect to them. Nobody's terribly exciting out of this group. Even if the guys are, uh, you know, I kind of like Freeman. I kind of like Winkler. And there's there's guys that I think are solid enough. But yeah, I mean, exactly
2: I, mean I mean, there's like guys like Lucas Jackson too. Luke, sure. uh, Luke Jackson who kind of have been in the bullpen before. And whether or not you know what, what his option situation are that matters too. I mean, like th- these, those are things that are going to be considered. But uh, you know, Luke Jackson right now is supporting a spring art. Uh, spring ERA over fifteen, so you know it's kind of hard to get. It's, it's kind of hard to get excited by him as an option too. But you yeah, know no, it's, it's not kinda... going to get
1: it done, Luke. You gotta, you gotta do better than that, my friend. In March, um, yeah. So uh, I mean, aside from discussing the three and six spring training Atlanta Braves, um, not a whole lot else to get to on the bullpen. We can get it in the mailbag. A couple questions that we always want to help and grab. Um, we probably won't get to all of them, but uh, first one comes from Aaron Stewart. I think this is actually pretty interesting. And he uh, simply asks, "Do you think the ender NCRT could build off of his, off of his offensive success from last year?" And I think before I let you answer that, um, there's a split I think forming in terms of NCRT. I think everyone agrees he's good at baseball, um, but uh, there's a difference between being good at baseball and being a good hitter. I'm I'm still not convinced he's a good hitter. You know, he's been he's been league average the last three years. 100 wrc plus his final year in Arizona. 97 his first year at the, at the Braves, and 100 last year. So. That's pretty much definition of the lead average hitter, which is, by the way, all he needs to be. But at the same time, I think there are some signs to tell you that he isn't this a huge offensive force either. So what are you expecting from him this year? I guess it's probably the easiest way to ask this question.
0: I
2: expect more of the same. I mean, he's a guy that will like get a bunch of hits, probably won't walk very much. Ultimately the some of his value is kind of a hitter is kind of tied to his base running And if they decide that actually they want to let him run some more and things like that Then there's more value to be had there because he's kind of a guy that you know He, he really likes to like try to take extra bases on the base paths and you know Not not every time he's done that is necessarily a well-advised decision But he's also a guy that you know, he, I'm pretty sure he had like some, some lingering foot injuries and stuff So maybe he's able to stretch out you know more doubles or you know, you know kind of make more use of his legs but the power numbers, I need more of a track record to make me think that he's going to be kind of like a, a consistent double digit or better home run guy, you know. There's, and he's certainly hot and cold with that. I mean, like he'll have like two weeks where he hits five home runs, and then he won't hit another one for two months. So I don't know. It's I, I think he is a a fine hitter. Uh, I will take out you know offensive outbursts from him as an added bonus when I consider that he's definitely in that top tier of defensive center fielders as long as he is just a a league average or or better hitter i am ecstatic that he's an atlanta brave because he is really good although it's worth noting i think he only had five defensive runs saved last year which is really weird
1: yeah i mean if you look at his numbers defensive like his bankrass numbers defensively are are not great not, i mean it's not like it's bad there's he's still he's still above average but it's not he's not in the elite category according to a lot of the metrics last year well
2: to, to, to some metrics like you know he still has really good range and like you know sure. he's but he, it's, he didn't it's like the previous year he had like 15 defensive runs saved and was like you know kind of like an all-world defender and the numbers last year weren't as good and i'm not really sure what to attribute that to because the eye test is like yeah he's really good you know he, he does everything that you want him to do so i don't know it's kind of hard it's it's kind of hard to parse sometimes, but I also know like defensive metrics can be a little wonky sometimes. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about his defense at all. No, um, no I think the clear. offense last year, I think, is a reasonable baseline-ish. To, you know, three hundred four, three slash. You know, four was a career high. It was he had four hundred eight in, in Arizona Arizona's last year. That's in Arizona though, at Chase Field. When, so I think you know, if you got what he got out of him last year, that would be a win. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what it is. I I don't think. Uh, Enders not going to be necessarily ever going to be a great offensive player. He doesn't need to be. Again, like I do think though, it's important to note like a lot of Ender's value in the way that we talk about him. You know, he's a good player regardless, but a lot of his value is the fact that he's wildly underpaid. So he's an even better asset than he is an actual player. Um, yep. But still, he's still a good player. It's just not he may not be. A, he's not a star player. though. That's something that's important to point out. He, he, it's sort of a star contract because he's because he's locked up for so long for so cheap. But from a pure production standpoint he's a very good player, not a great player. Yeah, I mean, and I,
2: the, and he's also the kind of, like, super streaky player that I could see him putting together, like, a really good year, right? I don't necessarily think that's going to be, like, 2018, but I could see him, like, having, like, a really good career year where, you know, he's, like, you know, his usual defensive stuff and, like, kind of gets, you know, has some, like, bad things happen where all of a sudden he's, like, you know, maybe, like, snags an MVP vote or two, but I don't think that's necessarily who he is as a player, as a baseline. I think he's just – I think he is a good to above av- – an average to above average hitter and an extraordinarily good defender. And that is a guy that – especially given his contract, that is a guy to one on your ball your ball club because that is not an easy thing to find. It is not.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I like him a lot and I will cape for him on a regular basis. I, just I want him to be a brave
2: him. forever. I, I want him to be a brave forever for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm in on – hopefully that, hopefully that answers the uh, question to some degree. And uh, we can get to the next one, um, which comes uh, from Patrick Mollett. He asks if the Braves weren't weren't terrible when Mike Fulton-Avich arrived, would he already be in the bullpen, and how valuable could he be in the pen with the stuff that he has? I, I'm more interested, honestly, with the second part and how you think he would actually play in the bullpen. Uh, the first part, I think people are sort of overrating how bad he's been, quote unquote. He's not been that yeah, bad. He's, he, he,
2: he's he has not bad. he he has not been he has not been that bad. The Braves have been patient with him, but I think that that's justified. And, and I don't by think the way, he's. Like, I, I, he's he's
1: basically just been a league average fourth, fifth starter, which is not yeah. great. But it's like he's been he's he's been a positive contributor every season. Like he's not bad. especially
2: especially for you know a guy having his first couple years in the league. I mean that's not that's not unusual or weird. Uh, it's weird when a guy comes out of nowhere and puts together a six war season. That's like that that grabs your attention. But that's that's the exception not the rule. You know I don't think he's pitched if, if the Braves were good or bad he has not done anything to pitch his way out of a starter's role. He hasn't necessarily done anything to say he's going to be a starter forever. Uh he could still very well slide into the bullpen at some point if he kind of if there he's kind of like on that border, you know, like a, like what you said uh like a fourth or a fifth starter like a league average one right now. But and I'm I was pretty clear that I thought that his future was going to be in the bullpen once when I saw him in the minors, but he's made improvements and he's Done a lot of things to kind of make me think that maybe he can stick. There's there's things he has to work out in terms of, you know, consistently commanding his fastball, and, you know, changing speeds with that, and, you know, consistently finding strike the strike zone with his breaking ball, and you know, consistently actually throwing his changeup, which he w- really didn't throw that whole a whole lot last year. But if he I mean, like there's little things that if they all fall in place, he turns into a really valuable pitcher in a hurry. And I don't necessarily I mean it's not like he hasn't been able to. He, he's, he's been. Healthy except for the weird, you know, thoracic outlet you know, syndrome thing that he had, and he is going late in games. You know, he's getting more and more, you know, he's getting efficient, more efficient, even if it's at a slower rate than maybe I would be happy with. But I'm, I mean, I'm happy with. I'm I'm happy with giving him a shot in the rotation until he pitches his way out of there. And if he were in the if he were in the bullpen and he could just like uncork it every time he wants to, I mean that's a guy that's throwing upper nineties fastball with you know probably some really hard breaking stuff. So yeah, he would have value there, but it's not nearly it wouldn't be nearly as much overall value as him as a starter. And um, he hasn't done anything to pitch his way out of that. So I'm no I have no interest in you know putting him there until he he, he, he can't he has proved he can't start.
1: Yeah, that's my, That's uh, always been my uh, stance is, you know, let, let a guy start until he can't start. And he's not proven that he can't at this point in time. In fact, I mean, may not be the sexiest guy in the world, but if he's just the exact same pitcher he was last year, he's worth, you know, $10 million and <laughs> he's a fifth starter that's better than average. And it is what it is. Um, all right, last one, and this is going to be pretty much all you because uh, you're a much more informed party on this particular question, but it comes from Glenn Turner, and he, he says, would you guys speculate on where our top ten prospects will start the season? I guess we could probably use our top ten list because that's what that's we should the do. One. Uh, the best one. Ronald Acuna yeah. is number one, and that's an interesting question, but I guess just run down and uh, give me your projections because I'm going to defer to you on this one.
2: Okay, uh, you might need to look up the list because i just going to make sure. Cause <laughs> I've got it right I, here I, if you need it. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Ronald Cunha, I, I would be shocked if he didn't start at Gwinnett for service time reasons. Uh, as you've seen in spring training, he is quite good at playing baseball. Uh, so, he is except golf, for that he, one
1: guy he, doesn't like him.
2: Oh God, <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're we're not, we're I'm, I'm, we're not doing this Moving today. Along. We're we trolling me. Goodness gracious. Um. So he uh, he'll. I would be shocked if he didn't start the year at Gwinnett just for service time reasons. And it's basically as soon as that he get the extra that extra service time, that extra year of control. I expect him to be with the Atlanta Braves. Uh, after that, uh, we have Kyle Wright, yep. who I imagine will be a double A. That sounds right to me, uh, but there's a, there's come some vi- some variance there because he had very limited innings last year, and then I mean, where he starts ultimately doesn't matter very much because he's probably going to move quickly. Uh, he, and it might not even matter how great the initial results are; they just might want to give him some time and then move him up, and then move him. And I imagine he'll end the year at Gwinnett. But uh, probably at Mississippi, I, I guess he could have a cup of coffee at, you know with the with the Fire Frogs and then you know move up quickly from there. But my guess is Mississippi. Uh, Mike Soroka will be at Triple A Gwinnett. Your boy. Uh, oh, fun fact: got got Miguel Cabrera looking on what was reported to be a 97 mile an hour sinker. No uh, way. Yes.
1: No uh, way. It was uh, 97 and, miles an hour. Okay. No and way.
2: now 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 people were telling now I I got this from a source that would know. I believe you. That, and it wasn't from the the stadium gun. Now stadium guns are like notoriously yes hot or cold, and and, and they don't always stay consistent. But uh, now if he's if he's throwing ninety seven mile an hour sinkers we with his with, with, with his with his command, his change up and pitch ability, good luck everybody in Triple A Gwinnett. Good luck in the international league because he's going to be doing some work. Um, yes. But anyway, uh, she will be a Triple A Gwinnett uh, number four, Johara. Uh, he'll be with the Atlanta Braves.
1: Number five, Colby Allard. Uh,
2: he'll be at Triple um, you know, He has some, some questions to answer about some velocity stuff uh, that's kind of come out this offseason. The, the, there has been – whenever I was I, – I never put a radar gun on Colby. But my understanding was always he was kind of living into that like 90 to 92 range. But it looks like some scouts had seen him kind 80s. of sitting more yeah, – yeah, in his high, high 80s, which is you – know, is it a concern? Yes. Am I super concerned? No, but ask me again at midseason if he's still kind of bat- battling to get his velocity back up and kind of getting, getting to having a above average surplus fastball. If then I'm more concerned. But ultimately, you know, for a guy who like had a career high in innings last year and is just getting warmed up this spring, I'm not super concerned about it. And it's not like Colby's looked bad against major league pitcher, major league hitters in the spring. He hasn't has seemed overmatched at all, the game. and he had a really good year at Mississippi. So um, I'm I'm not super concerned, but ask me at midseason whether or not, that's going to be a greater concern and how he deals with the guys at AAA who are kind of season hitters who know how to hit, you know, average fastballs. That's that, that that's I'm reserving judgment on that, but he'll be at Gwinnett.
1: Yeah, I think I think real quick before we go, before we keep going, Allard. It's a concern if he's going to. He has to live in the high eighties. But by the way, it, all that does is limit his ceiling. He could still be a major league pitcher in the, in the high eighties because of the way that he can do everything else. Agreed. Uh,
2: he, he really he has better control than he's given credit
1: for. Right. Uh, okay. Moving on. Uh, number six, is Austin Riley. Uh,
2: I imagine he will start the year. He, he's a little bit tougher. It's a tough one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He,
2: I imagine that the Braves really want to kind of give him a long look against season competition and have him close by. So I think Gwinnett, but I wouldn't be shocked if he was at Mississippi either because it's kind of it's close to home and he really did he wasn't at Mississippi very long. No, but he's looked really good this spring and he looked really good in the Arizona Fall League. So giving him that extra time in the Arizona Fall League, plus kind of how he's looked this spring, I wouldn't be shocked if he was at Gwinnett, and that's that. I think that's where I would place my bet for the moment.
1: I mean, you can't block him, so he's got to be close. Oh, sorry.
2: Oh, okay. oh goodness gracious! <laughs> all go. right, moving
1: on. Before I get into a <laughs> rant, uh, number seven, Max Freed, which is a very interesting one in on a number of levels.
2: Um, you just have to bet as to whether or not he's going to make the major league club at all, and that's tough. Uh, I'm going to say he starts at Gwinnett, just because I think that the rotation spots are going to come down to a couple other guys first. But I wouldn't be shocked if he got put in the major league bullpen, and I. But I also wouldn't be shocked if, like, he was one of the first guys up. From Gwinnett when they they needed somebody either so you know I'll say Gwinnett with little confidence but it's even I mean, obviously it's either going to be Gwinnett or Atlanta
1: so. yeah I think he uh, he will be in Gwinnett if Luis Johara is on the team early that'd be my guess but I yeah that,
2: that yeah that that, that 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 I think that's a reasonable take
1: uh that's just a guess that's complete complete speculation uh moving on uh Joey Wentz number
2: eight uh, I I. I don't. The new regime is a little trickier in terms because I mean last year we had saw Mike Soroka and Kobe Aller get jumped to jump to Mississippi and Wentz is kind of coming off a very similar sort of year at Rome where he was really dominant and really good. Uh, I think it's far more likely he ends up on the Fire Frogs though, and so that's where I'll, I'll, I'll put him there for now.
1: Uh, all right, uh, number nine, Christian Pache. Uh,
2: he'll be on the Fire Frogs. I think they're going to move him kind of slow. Um, he's a, a really, really good defender. He's he actually. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he, and you, you don't want to be like a guy that has a questionable hit tool. Like, just run him out there to Mississippi and say, "Good luck, kid." Uh, so I, he'll he'll be on he'll be on the Fire Frogs. But if he starts hitting, uh, I don't think the Braves are going to be wanting to pump the brakes on him too much because he's a really really good defender and has a lot of things going for him. If he's showing like a hit tool and power, more specifically, like any power at all in the Florida State League, makes you think that there's some there's really something there. Uh, and I could see them, you know, giving him giving him a bump to Mississippi after that. But I, I'm pretty sure I feel pretty confident that he'll be at Florida, in Florida.
1: And there you go. And finally, number ten, the great Ian Anderson.
2: Um, yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll be at be at Florida, even though they limited his innings at Rome. I, I'm kind of famously the guy that's a little lower on Ian. I know um because i'm not am just not i'm just not convinced he was healthy last year it's not a question of his ceiling or anything like that and if he's healthy next year he's like yeah he's probably a top 5 prospect in the system but i'm just not he, when you limit a guy's innings that much and there was like there's that many kind of like command issues and he missed time and he got kind of shut down early i'm um, i want to kind of see how he's doing but at the same time i think that the braves are going to be comfortable enough with both how overall how talented he is and also it's like things like maturity and things like that play into this but i'm pretty sure he'll get sent to florida as well the oh, fire frogs the fire frogs will be pretty good this year
1: yeah it seems like it with all the all the guys who are already there and plus we haven't even gotten into what is already a deep system and between you know 11 to 30 there's a lot of guys who will be interesting and then oh get into yeah that
2: too. yeah I mean, I, mean, Gw- I mean gwinnett's gonna be really good the fire frogs be good are gonna be good, really gonna
1: good. Be good. yeah i mean they're all
2: gonna be good but those those are the two big ones i think
1: there you go. Uh, you would know uh, a lot better than I would. So I wanted to always get that out there and uh, people can uh, tell you what they will. I'm sure somebody somewhere has uh, will be grading you based on your projections. So uh,
2: I, I, I look forward to your hate. Now, if you have any complaints, meet, make sure you direct those complaints to at BT Rowland on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he, he's also welcome to take all of your questions about why would the Braves should trade Ozzy Albies, uh, <laughs> Albies. They should trade Ozzy
1: Albies. They should start Johan Camargo at shortstop opening day. Uh, any anything,
2: anything about Jim Harbaugh or Michigan sports in general. Really, just make sure you direct those questions to Brad. He loves answering those.
1: And Nate and Nate uh, and uh, Nate Markakis coming back in twenty nineteen.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Extend Nate Markakis. Make sure you tweet that to Brad. All so, that
1: fun stuff. Well, uh, Eric, thank you, sir. I really appreciate your time as always. Please plug anything you'd like to. I know we're getting closer to the season.
2: Yeah, um, we're make sure you uh, you're going the talking shop. We're going to be doing lots of coverage. There's I wouldn't say a lot of changes it's more like more in-depth coverage and we're trying to expand our coverage a bit so just make sure you keep an eye on Talking Chop both for the minor league side as well as the major league side there's going to be a lot of a uh, lot of interesting stuff coming up. Uh, I know there's like a season preview that's going to be coming up rel- relatively soon. Lots of original content from basically everybody everyone's kind of gearing up for the season and writing a lot of really cool stuff right now. We're going to start cranking up on Road to Atlanta again soon. I think the next episode we're going to do which hopefully will happen in the next week will be uh about you know but previewing rosters once we kind of get into a few more cuts i think is what our ultimate goal is like once a few more cuts start happening we kind of get a sense as to where guys are going to end up going um and but road to atlanta the podcast that i co-host with Garav and garrett we're gonna be cranking up and trying to and really trying to get more into a weekly routine with that one um beyond that you know just keep just keep reading talking chop and keep keep supporting us because it's actually been kind of crazy that like We've been doing this for as long as we have now, and there's still people that are willing to put up with us. And we really appreciate it. It's awesome. Um, And this is going to be a really fun year because there's going to be a lot of really fun young players on the the Braves as well as a really good farm system follow along too. So there's going to be lots of interesting things to talk about. And this is going to be a really interesting year, and we're going to have a lot of fun covering it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I echo all that for sure. Uh, Please follow Eric on Twitter and follow all the minor league guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, they carry the water quite a bit in the offseason, and then uh, even more so during the season, because there's a lot of minor league games to recap. So I don't I don't envy you sometimes, but I appreciate well, your work.
2: It is so much easier now. When it, when my first year, it was Garrett and I. Oh, yeah. That was it. That was it. And if you can think about doing four minor league recaps a week, which is what I was doing, and for a big chunk of that, that's six games each one, I, that, that was pretty brutal. But now I'm pretty spoiled. I mean, I've got you know, between Garrett and Matt powers, Gaurav Vidak. Now we have, uh, Aaron Houston. Uh, if you follow her, uh, talking chop, that's going to be that's Sparhawk who's in the, 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 in the comment section who's very active. He's wanting to help out on that. And there's other people that have been shown interest in helping out with minor league recaps and things like that. Uh, Doc Herbert just joined the, the staff as well. He's, he's interested in doing minor league recap stuff or stuff on the minor league side when, when necessary. I mean, I'm really spoiled now. I mean, it's, there's a lot of people who there's a lot of people who wanna write and are really good and self motivated it's it's it, it the, it's definitely less it feels less grindy now and it's a lot of fun because there's a lot of different viewpoints and ultimately we kind of it helps it just helps the overall end product because i don't think any one person has the monopoly on good ideas or good opinions and if you if you everyone comes in with an open mind and there's, and with the same stated goal of coming up with the correct answer or at least something smart to say then good things happen so
1: Yep, absolutely, and uh, stay tuned for all of that. We will have a new podcast next week uh, at some point. I'm not sure when it's going to be. Probably in in our normal slot, but you never can tell until the season gets going. Once the season gets going, we'll be uh, definitely more into the Sunday uh, night groove because that's just the time when the podcast makes sense. Uh, The the Braves uh, often play games on. Sunday afternoons, giving you time to be caught up and uh, a little bit of a longer window to catch the podcast and an updated fashion. So that's why we do what we do at this point in time. And I appreciate everybody listening, subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts or uh, follow us, uh, of course, at the site. We, every single post, every single podcast has a post of itself that I write up after I post the show. So I check that out as well. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back again next week. Bye.